When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and we are continuing our celebration of October and Horror Month. Not horror, but horror. Uh, because remember, I have a hard time saying that word. It blends in and sometimes it sounds like I'm saying whore. So maybe someday we'll do Horror Month. I don't know, <laughs> but, but we're not doing that now. Um, we are doing Horror Month and we are continuing with a look at Urban Legends. Once again, it's not the film because I don't know if we'll ever talk about that film on here, but we couldn't right now. But we are talking about actual urban legends and I'll be giving the definition here in a second. And I'm happy to say... Because if you listened to our pop culture and fandom news episode, you knew there was a new like urban legend or myth that had been started by Sasha. And Sasha had basically because Sasha kind of put out this weird energy and it made it so that Susie had technical issues. I had technical issues. I had to switch microphones in the middle of the episode. But I'm happy to say... That has been lifted, at least, and hopefully for the whole episode. And Susie is here. So Susie is here. Yay! Uh, so I have Paula and Sasha returning and Susie to discuss urban legends with me. So this should be, I think this one's going to be a ton of fun. I want to remind my panelists that with some of these urban legends, you want to be careful with certain things you say and the number of times you say certain things. So please keep that in mind <laughs> for your own safety. Okay, safety first, everyone. And also for people listening, if there are any urban legends that we miss because we are going to miss a ton of them because there are hundreds and thousands of them out there and you would like them shouted out possibly on our next episode next week, please shoot us a DM and I will try and get those shouted out. But first, I'm going to give you just a little bit of a definition of what an urban legend is. And this is from Wikipedia. Okay. An urban legend, myth, or tale is a modern genre of folklore. It often consists of fictional stories associated with the macabre, superstitions, ghosts, demons, cryptids, extraterrestrials, creepypasta, and other fear-generating narrative elements. Urban legends are often rooted in local history and popular culture. So I'm sure we will hear a bunch that you're familiar with. We might hear some that you're not familiar with. So I am, am very excited for this one. So what we're going to first start out with, hey, hey, Paula, 
What urban legend do you first remember hearing about? <laughs> <laughs> well, it I, I was having a hard time remembering like which one was the first one I heard about, but the one that stands out to me the most was Bloody Mary. And that one, I, I, I'm safe saying it more than once because I'm not in a bathroom, but I found out about this one at a sleepover. And it was me and three other girls, and they were, you know, it it was a Friday the Thirteenth, and we were telling scary stories, and I had never heard of this particular story before. So they're like, "Oh, we've got to do it!" So I'm like, "I don't know what's going on." So they take me into the bathroom and do the candle, and they're like, "You got to say Bloody Mary three times." They made me do it. So all right, I did it, and then one of the girls blew out the candle, and the other two grabbed me, and I screamed. Aww. <laughs> And then we had a good laugh about it. But yeah, I, so I remember that one very vividly. <laughs> yes, yes, that was and, – and I I do want to say, even though you're not in a bathroom, we're still going to be careful with this, okay? <laughs> because – I'm not, I'm not saying it again. I'm not saying it again because I don't want to tempt anything that might happen. Yes. Practice safe urban legends, yes. folks. Practice safe urban legending. Um, and I forgot to say at the top, since this is coming out on Friday the 13th, happy Friday the 13th. It's so exciting to me that there is a Friday the 13th in October this year. It's so exciting. This should happen every single year. So exciting, exciting, exciting. So, Sasha, what was the first urban legend you remember hearing about? So I was thinking about this. I had the same problem as Paula. It was like, man, what would it be? And I went through, I'm like, probably like generically Bigfoot, right? Like that kind of story. But the one that really stuck out for me was the uh, babysitter with the phone call in the house because, right, I started babysitting at 12. I did the like Red Cross class <gasps> that you could take. Yeah. So here I am at 12 across the street and for those listeners who are unfamiliar with me i am older than cell phones i am older than caller id so this one hits home right because you're babysitting you're 12 and you are responsible for tiny human lives i grew up kind of in a wooded area and you know we had landlines if the phone rings you answer it you don't know who's calling you yes it was archaic it was barbaric we did these things it's horrible um, so the babysitter one where it's like the creepy caller is like, you better check on the children. Have you looked at the children? All about the children. So I think that's probably the one that sticks out the most just because of, I think it got brought up in the Red Cross babysitting class. I think somebody mentioned it and had discussed it. So the first time I babysat, that was in my head. And fun fact, a mountain, not a mountain lion, smaller version, bobcat screamed you've never heard a bobcat scream it sounds like a woman being murdered i immediately called my parents and was like i think somebody's dead and they're like nope it's the bobcat you're fine it was like no it sounded like a woman they're like you're fine is there a cat in the house i went no so i had to open up the windows to get the cat in the house listening to this thing scream convinced i'm going to die because somebody's in the house it was a whole thing so that's a really long story for the babysitter call that's horrible. <laughs> trauma. Here's my trauma dump. 
<laughs> the trauma from that's I cannot believe someone mentioned that when you're in a bait. It wasn't like the teacher though, was it? You know what? It could have been. I mean, we're talking like, you know, it was the 80s. It could have been. That's true. <laughs> then it probably was. Who was teaching it? Like a 16-year-old, right? Yeah, that's true. 16-year-old <laughs> teaching the 12-year-olds how to babysit, do the Red Cross thing, and you get the little card that says you're a certified babysitter. No, you're not. You are not responsible. They should have never given us that responsibility. But it was the 80s, and so that's how it happened. <laughs> I was so proud of that card. I have to say, when I was trying to get babysitting jobs, I'd be like, I am certified. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the like selling points of yourself. Yes, it was. It was. And I remember, I don't know if you did this, Sasha, but I remember I advertised in the newspaper. I actually advertised my services as a babysitter. I would never advise this for anybody to advertise anywhere when you're young as a babysitter because- I got this call from this man and um, he's talking to me, asking me normal questions. And I'm a young, young teenager. And then he ends it with saying, and will there also be sex provided? I am not kidding here. Run away. Yeah. Wow. So, so just <laughs> my warning there, there's this, you could start an urban legend from that, but that was like, that was kind of like I was getting the babysitter call way in advance and yeah, it was freaky. So. Yeah, it was really freaky. Anyway, don't do that. But I still loved that I had that. I wish I had that. I wish I had that certification. You know what? I I might still have it in like a memory box somewhere. I would have to hunt and dig. I should look. Uh, See, one of the biggest tragedies is I had a bunch of my stuff in storage and someone broke into the storage and took some of the boxes. And one of the boxes had like a bunch of memorabilia stuff. Like it had like my senior yearbook and all this stuff in there and i that i yeah it's really sad and it probably had stuff like that in there but anyway this we're not talking about memories on this show so apologies for that little trip down memory lane but Susie, i want to know what the very first urban legend is that you remember hearing about okay so like any good uh mexican child (laughs) What what better way to raise your kids than to strike fear into their hearts consistently from a young age? So the urban legend that I remember most vividly is the legend of La Llorona, which to those who may not be familiar with it, it's the legend of the weeping women. And essentially, it's the story of this um, it's kind of like lower class woman who falls in love with the nobleman and has this affair with him and he promised her like riches and all these things makes all these like extravagant promises and he tells her oh i would be with you but oh your kids are kind of you know they're an impediment because she has two kids and she's like okay okay that kind of sucks and so he um eventually at some point in the version that i heard uh decided to leave and marry like another noblewoman and um la llorona in a fit of rage and despair drown takes her kids to the river and drowns them and then goes and presents herself to the nobleman and is like i'm free now it's we can be together but you know like all men he lied and so uh, she's left like brokenhearted and full of regret and she wanders the rivers looking for 
her lost children. And if she comes across you in the dark of night, she will mistake you for her children and take you to the river for a nice eternal swim. And so <laughs> that's the legend that I grew up with and that I grew up knowing. And funny enough, uh, when I was a young child and had access to the internet, for some reason, I really like focused in on this legend and I looked up every like reported sighting of La Llorona and every like story about I looked up audio files of reported <laughs> like Llorona cries and would play them. I fell asleep to a couple of them, not proud of it, <laughs> but like. I went in and I like, I looked up all these different ones in pictures. Uh, I remember one of my projects that I did in a Photoshop uh, class in high school was I put the Yorona in a river. <laughs> Cause I was like, Oh, this stuck with me. And I put her in a creepy wood in the <laughs> river and everything. Yeah. So um, one day I'm going to do a La Yorona cosplay because it has, it's, I feel like I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta pay my respects to this legend that has stuck with me for so long for some reason. And also funny little story. One day, uh, my mom told me that someone in her old neighborhood was like, was talking to my aunt and, and told her, Oh, didn't you like even it's so prevalent that people of every age believes it. So someone was talking to my aunt, like a neighbor um, from a mom's old neighborhood, and they told her, Oh, did you hear last night? La Llorona was out and about. I could hear her screaming and crying through the night. And my aunt looked at them, Really? You did? Yeah. What time? Oh, you know, like around one, two a.m. And um, so <laughs> the thing that happened was that my aunt was coming home from a party at that same time <laughs> and <laughs> was a little bit too deep in her cups and <laughs> was reportedly <laughs> the Yorona that was heard laughing and crying, <laughs> screaming and crying. Well, actually, she was more laughing and crying of laughter. Um, but she, did this at such high a volume that everyone in the neighborhood thought she was La Llorona. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is now <laughs> something that has stuck with her in my family. So my mother and I were even talking about this and I mentioned to her that I was going to talk about um, La Llorona and my mom goes, oh yeah, you could mention that. Although that's been disproven because that was just your aunt being wild one night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're right. Oh no. <laughs> But I still love that, though, because it's still like because that shows the power of urban legends and the power of myths and the power of stuff like that and how it how it goes from generation to generation to generation and how it can still have that impact where, you know, something can happen and you can be like, yep, see, this is real. So I, I like that, though, though, even though it was disproven, it doesn't, in my opinion, lessen the the fact that it shows how the powerful these can really truly be, you know, it is like, you know, those telling a tale around a campfire, that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's, it is really funny how much it does like stick with people because I, I like that the neighbor's immediate thought instead of being like, Oh, it's probably someone walking home. It was, Oh no, it's La Llorona. Like that was the first conclusion that they jumped to. <laughs> As an explanation for the sound they heard in the middle of the night, 
and I just find that like a lot of fun. <laughs> that just like the power yeah. of of it staying with you, you make that immediate connection instead of oh no, it was something logical. No, it was clearly some supernatural forces at play. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah, I like that too. I like that too. Uh, well, mine, you know, I'm like, should I name another one? Because mine was also Bloody Mary for sure. Because and it was the same thing of playing that game um, so many times. It's still the thought of doing that, like going in front of a mirror right now and saying that three times is still terrifying to me. Uh, and if you don't know this legend we didn't really say, but I'm like, this is probably, I think this is probably one of the most well-known urban legends out there. And it is, you know, it's a folklore legend consisting of a ghost or spirit conjure to reveal the future. Although I never heard that part, the revealing the future, but um, she is said to appear in a mirror when her name is called multiple times. And the apparition may be benign or malevolent, depending on historic variations of the legend. But I always heard it, you know, as if you saw her, you would die and she would kill you. That's what I had always heard it as. So it's interesting also with these legends how they change throughout history and through time. Because I know there was also a variation like she was a model and she was killed in front of the mirror. And that's why she comes back in, in the mirror. And then I've heard others where it was like really back in like Victorian age and that kind of thing. and. There's different variations of it. There's gonna, there's one that I'm going to share with you that's a, a variation on this. But because there are a lot of legends that are about mirrors and seeing a reflection or saying different things, you know, names and stuff like that as well. But, um, but yeah, that was definitely it because we played that. And the other thing we always played, and I didn't really, I wasn't able to find this as an urban legend, but we always played also the light as a feather, stiff as a board where you would lie down and people would put their fingers and then you just kept repeating that and you were just supposed to be able to be lifted up. And it was like a weird, creepy thing <laughs> that you would do at parties, slumber parties, you know, it's like slumber party games. That's what a lot of these are. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I want to know, Paula, do you think urban legends are as are a tool to teach us anything? I think they, can be i i kind of think of them in the same vein as like the fairy tales you know the original fairy tales were not the happy animated movies that a certain company makes they were very dark did not end happily ever after and they were usually used to teach some kind of moral lesson and i think a lot of the urban legends that we have now have kind of evolved from that and you know, unless you're talking about like like the the Bigfoots and then you know Loch Ness monster and things like that, those don't really you know fall into that same category. But it's it it's also kind of um, you know that oral storytelling that has been around since man has been around, since people have been around. So um, so it you know they do kind of evolve and change and adapt to modern settings and so those lessons that they try to teach you know they, they may have started out as scary stories or they may have started out as some kind of way to teach a lesson you know like like when the parents say you know 
tell their kids, you know, be good or the boogeyman will get you, you know, or something like that, because that was, you know, a popular one for a long time. Yeah, I think they, I think a lot of times they, they at least started out that way. And if, but mostly I think now it's just more of a, a way to, you know, kind of scare each other and, and, you know, entertain each other. Yeah. And Sasha. Yeah, I, I think it was fear to behave or to do the right thing, right? Because a lot of them circle around the idea, you know, there's a lot of them that happen in like lovers lanes, right? So for young people, like, oh, don't have the sex. You will die if you have the sex. Like it's a horror movie trope. If you have sex, you get killed so it's the same thing in urban legends like if you're drinking or if there's drugs or if there's sex or like any of the fun stuff mm-hmm. you will die um so i think a lot of them are like fear-based to get you to behave it's like you said paul the the boogeyman and you know don't do this or this very oddly specific little monster is going to get you for this very oddly specific behavior you are exhibiting and nobody's ever heard of it it's fine it's this one little thing just to get kids to behave you know and i think it it works in reverse too because it's like the tooth fairy oh if you put your tooth under a pillow then you're gonna get money for it or oh if you're good santa claus will bring you stuff so they it's all about the behavior like, do you want them to do something or not do something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Susie? I 100% agree with that. It is um, it is more of like a very fear-based, because um, you have the ones that I know of. Like, I come from a Latina background, so most of the stories and urban legends that I know are going to be mainly from Mexico. And most of that is very fear-based, like get the children to behave because you have La Llorona, which don't go near waterways at night or La Llorona will get you. Don't. There's El Coco, which is such a silly name for the boogeyman. Like that's our version of the boogeyman, El Coco or El Cucuy. And that's also like, oh, behave or El Coco's going to get you. And there's also the the legend of the witches in the mountains. <laughs> like. Oh, you can't be out too, too late at night or the witches are going to get you. So all of that is very fear based and it's mostly geared towards getting children to behave and sort of in a way, um, to have, to kind of help parents keep their kids in line. So they're not being too wild so that you can tell them, Oh, the cocoa is going to get you. Oh, it's coming. Oh, you got to be good. <laughs> and yeah, which is, I just find it very funny. <laughs> It's just all these different kind of creatures that just keep getting kind of passed down to try to enforce good behavior <laughs> in kids, which I find very funny. Yeah, it's like using fear-based tactics to try and get people to do what you want them to do in a way, too. It's like, and it's the morality thing of it. It's the moral thing of it. It's like... You know, if you're going to go out, like you said, Sasha, and you're going to have sex, be careful because there might be someone there to kill you. Um, and, and that's a form of punishment. So you shouldn't do that. You should be a good person and that, that kind of thing. I think it's, this, it's the same thing. I think they're just 
meant to teach you a lesson of you better behave or this thing is going to get you for different things you do or, you know, and you find a lot of these, I think more often than not, um, are targeted more towards women than they are towards men, (laughs) which is really something interesting to look at because it is kind of, you know, it's like this whole thing of women better really behave. And if they step out of line of what their so-called duty should be, then something will happen to them. So I do think that's another interesting part of it is how many seem to center around, not all of them, of course, because there are hundreds of these, but how a lot of them seem to center on women or something having to do with women or something like that. So I always, I find that very interesting too. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Well, I want to know, and it's okay if we repeat them because you could have reasons for liking them. I'm saying that because if people have three that they definitely have there, and then you hear someone take yours, it's okay. <laughs> Sasha. Well, see, Sasha, you're not going last this time. I always go last, though. That's the thing. My panelists complain all the time when they go last. I love you all. But they seem to forget I am actually the one who goes last every single time. Yes, exactly, Susie. So mic drop. Um, <laughs> unless I'm hosting a solo one, which those are never fun. So, hey, Paula. What are your three favorite urban legends or three of your favorites? Three of my favorites. Okay, so I'm going to go back to what Sasha was saying about the stranger calling. That one <laughs> that was kind of my favorite because it also kind of sticks out in my mind because I was also a babysitter in the 80s. And I found out about this one like right before I had to go babysit like a couple of days later. And it creeped me the hell out because what was so creepy about this particular one and it, it – I guess it still could be today, but back before the cell phones and the computers and all that, everybody had a landline. And this one was so creepy because the call was coming from inside the house. Like The babysitter calls the police and the police trades the call to inside the house. That's terrifying. (laughs) It's not like somebody was just on a cell phone making a call. It was coming from inside the damn house. So yeah, so that one's always a fun one to remember when you're staying at somebody else's house and it's, you know, yeah, that's always in the back of your mind. One of the other ones was, is another one about a killer that's hiding in your backseat. To this day, I still, if I am driving by myself, especially at night, I always check the backseat of my car. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just a good idea anyway, because the world is crazy, but this is one where there's a, killer hiding in the back seat a woman gets in the car again these are like you said Aaron a lot of focused on women and woman's driving down the road and somebody had seen this person get into the back of her car there's different variations where she was on a date and didn't do well on the date and that person's now scaring her because they're following her trying to warn her 
about this killer in the backseat. And one of the variations of that is, you know, she's driving and this person's trying to get her to pull over and they end up getting into an accident and she stops and here's a like a, a, a message on her phone that there's somebody in the back seat and then she gets killed or, you know, there's all kinds of different variations. But yeah, that one is stuck with me. And then on a more lighthearted note, <laughs> Bigfoot. <laughs> I was super into Bigfoot when I was younger. My dad had a book and um, it the 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 cover of this book was very famous picture from the was it the Patterson Gimlin film that was later proven to be a hoax of an actual Bigfoot sighting and there's this picture on the book and this uh this book went all through you know the the um the legend of Bigfoot and you know whether or not it could be possible and you know my dad and I would talk about it a lot and I was you know it was always kind of an interesting one for me because it's like, what if there was something out there that, you know, maybe it wasn't exactly Bigfoot, but you know, something that, you know, people thought of as Bigfoot. So that was always kind of a, a, you know, a fun, fun little idea that maybe there is, you know, cause there's, there's all kinds of animals and things that we haven't discovered yet. So, you know, maybe there could be something out there. That would be fun. Yeah. Sasha. So I'm going to start with, the legend that surrounds Robert Johnson, who was a Mississippi blues singer. Um, the deal is he made a crossroads deal with the devil to become a guitar phenom. And so there's a lot of musical urban legends that kind of surround making a deal with the devil. You know, they said Eric Clapton had done that too. That's why he lost his son. And then tied in with that, with the Robert Johnson is he is one of the founding members of what is known as the 27 club, which is where a bunch of musicians and actors and people die at the age of 27, like Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison are all part of that. But he, Robert Johnson was one of the founding ones. So I like the idea of like the crossroads deal. Like he was trying and just wanted to be this blues guitar God and couldn't. And then it's very much, uh, the devil went down to Georgia song, right? Like he goes to the crossroad, meets the devil, devil takes his guitar, plays a couple notes. is like, here you go, buddy. And then he's like, your soul is mine. You know? <laughs> so it's this kind of fun musical story of, you know, urban legends. And there's a bunch of songs that have things. When I was talking to my husband about this, he brought up the urban legend about uh, love roller coaster by the Ohio players so in that song at like two and a half minutes, there's a scream and they said that it was a woman being murdered in the bathroom while they were recording and they caught this murder on tape. It's not, it was part of the song, but there's this weird scream in the background. So there's this whole urban legend. So I like the one, like it's musically based. So it's kind of fun to think about. Um, so yeah, I had the Robert Johnson one and then I have um, just generically the like the woman in white story. It's world like if you look up woman in white or evil woman in white, you know, it's all over the world. Like every country has a version of it. And, you know, it's basically a young woman. Pick your flavor. She was murdered by her husband on her wedding night. There was a suicide. There was an accidental death. Whatever it is, she appears on the road, wants to go home. 
gets in the car, you start driving, and then she disappears out of your backseat. Or you see her on the road, somebody tries to help her, she disappears. Um, so the woman in white story I like. Um, and then I had, I wrote down any car one because it's like the killer in the backseat with the black light flashing or the ankle slicer that one still gets me. oh yeah the ankle slicer still gets me to this day if you are not familiar with that it is that somebody is hiding under your car and when you go to get into it they're going to slice your ankle and drop you yeah i to this day try and park under street lights so that i can see things but yeah it goes with that the killer in the back uh sorry susie there's a lot of trauma for us with some of these urban legends, okay? <laughs> it's true. It's true, man. It's, it, true. it's also being female and growing up in yes. the 80s where it's like, check your back seat, check under your car, check this, do this, do that, carry your keys a certain way. Yeah, keep your keys in your hand. I yeah. still do that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Because somebody is going to be either A, under your car, slicing your ankles, or B, in your back seat, about to kill you. Those are the only options. Cars are dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do want i do want to add i do think this stuff is smart to do though honestly i do i because yes. as women we have to be sadly this is a lot of the way our life is is we have to we're on guard a lot and when i go and i get gas i lock my car door i keep the keys in my hand i lock my car door i do this because same. There are actually stories of people – this is real, not an urban legend, but like of people will – usually it's just they'll rob you. Like if you leave your stuff in there and you've got your back turned, they can easily just go in and take stuff. But I also just do it out of safety, per, you know, safety precaution kind of thing. So, yeah. So so I, so I that's another thing they can teach you is to be <laughs> vigilant. <laughs> So, Susie, now that Sasha has scarred you. <laughs> Gonna have me looking for ankle slicers under my car. Gosh. I forgot about that one until you oh, brought it bolts. up. Oh. I did, too, man. I did, too. <laughs> so, what are your three, then, Susie? Yeah. So, I already mentioned uh, La Llorona, but I'm not counting her in this because she was in the first one. So, you know, she had her time. She had her time. Um, the first one I do want to mention is La Chupacabra, which translated means the goat sucker, which is reportedly this, this abomination of nature that just goes around sucking off goats. I mean, sucking on the blood of goats, not like <laughs> anything salacious. <laughs> I should clarify. <laughs> Because it's got reportedly, like, <laughs> see little fangs that it can- I broke everyone on the recording now. <laughs> um, but <laughs> the chupacabra has, like, little fangs that it'll just into a goat's neck or, or such. Uh, maybe, maybe some leg, some, some back, maybe, I don't know, something. And it'll just suck out all its blood and leave just the shriveled, desiccated corpse of the goat lying around for the farmer to find the next morning and be like, what happened? <laughs> and it's said to roam around. And fun fact, I've actually <laughs> designed a Chupacabra-inspired costume, which, you know, maybe I'll make it one day. But again, it's also one of those things that just really sticks with you because why not? Why not be a silly little goat grabbing snacks in the middle 
little ghost sucker just grabbing snacks in the middle of the night. It's, it's fun time. It's all we can all ask for. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you broke the old. <laughs> I broke myself. <laughs> the next one that I want to talk about is La Mano Peluda, which is the hairy hand. And it's very the most similar kind of comparison I can make. It's it's kind of like thing during its villain arc. And so it's said to be this hand of either a thief or a murderer. And they had they had his hand cut off. And this hand reportedly just wanders around the world being a menace. It'll 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 just just like crawl through and then just either like kill you or kidnap you. I don't know how it's just a hand, but you know, it's we all have our strengths and this hand found its <laughs> uh, but th- one of the reasons why this one has stuck with me so much is that when I was a kid on one of the uh, Latina channels that we had access to he- um in Colorado there used to be this TV program where all they would do is that they would just tell different urban legends that were like DNA, Hispanic, Mexican or whatnot. They would tell different ones and make, tell them and do like these really interesting skits about them and everything. And they were, they would be really fun. But the one that I remember is about La Mano Peluda and it's someone in their house and they're dealing with strange happenings and and they don't know what's going on until one night they're they're like sleeping or something and you just see a hand come up to the window of their house and just start tapping at the window and eventually start scratching at the glass and then eventually this hand somehow this hand from outside of the house opens the window and then crawls in and then kills the person and then at the very end, after it's done the deed, the hand just walks away, w- walks, um, f- fingers away, crawls away, uh, scoots away. It, it leaves. It leaves the scene of the crime <laughs> off into the night. And it's just a hairy hand. Like this hand is so hairy and it's gross, but it's very interesting. And that always stuck with me was the hairy hand. Because could you imagine being asleep in the middle of the night and all of a sudden there's no. some sort of hairy hand just out of nowhere? And it's, yeah. I have a feeling um, Thing doesn't talk to that cousin very much because it, <laughs> it's not the fun Adam's way of going about things, I feel. Susie, I'm very concerned about your childhood with hairy hands and goat suckers. <laughs> and la well yeah. wait until okay so he, this the third one is going to give more context as to why i am the way i am um my mother asked for me to mention this one on her behalf because it's the one that the the urban legend that she grew up on which is the man with the sack so apparently <laughs> guys stop it we can't keep doing this sorry sorry <laughs> so she turned off her so, according to my mother, <laughs> she would get told of this urban legend where, um, in order to, and, and also in an effort to get them to behave, because my grandma had s- seven kids, which 
anyone who has a small bean will tell you one is enough. Imagine seven. That's that's a lot. But uh, she would tell them the story of the man with the sack who will. And it's essentially very kind of similar to Krampus in a way where if you if you don't behave, if you're not good, if you don't like do your chores, it's your mom, like all the things. The man with the sack will come in the middle of the night and grab you and toss you in it and carry you away somewhere else. And my my mom told me, oh, you should mention that one. Mom, I didn't grow up with that. Well, I did. You, you should tell them that. And then I left the room and she went, no, come back. I want to tell you some more. And I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I, I have- I have the man with the sack. Maybe I'll come back for more later, but that that's going to round out my my gallery of weird things. Wow. That was quite the combo, too. Just the way. That was great, Susie. <laughs> yeah, we got <laughs> we got yeah, we got sucking fingers and sacks. <laughs> we, we, we got it, folks. Sucking fingers and sacks. I'm so concerned (laughs) about your urban legend, John. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm going to call it when I say, here's this clip. It's called Sucking Fingers and Sacks. (laughs) I'm writing that down. Um. Can we just take a moment to appreciate the diversity of urban legends from around the world? I know. The, the, I just, I I don't know. It sounds better in Spanish. In Spanish, it's called El Hombre con el Costal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, man. That was was amazing. Um, Wow. Okay, there's no way I can top that, but... um, (laughs) Uh, and I will leave the one that, um, the one that I actually wrote a, a screenplay for, but one of them is, and this is going into a celebrity urban legend is the death of James Dean. So James Dean's car is said to be sort of possessed, cursed, all that stuff. There, there was the most common one around this states that any individual who took a part from James Dean's car after the accident, later died in an accident of their own. Other stories have included the wreck itself being involved in accidents, causing loss of life or heavy destruction of property, and its unexplained disappearance in 1960. So that's a big one, um, like a celebrity death and stuff. Because there's a lot of things around that. Like, it's interesting when you start diving into this, because when you first, for me at least, when I first heard hear the words urban legends, I am not thinking like this kind of stuff off like right away. But then when you start del- delving in and you start thinking about it, there are things like that, like lots of like, you know, song ones, like, you know, the Beatles song that supposedly says, you know, Paul is dead if you play it backwards, that kind of stuff. So there's all these ones that do involve celebrity and pop culture, of course. And for some reason, I always have been focused on the other ones that are more like the horror related. But then when I was looking into it, because I I used to have this big thing about James Dean, like um, one of my favorite movies is, is, well, I guess I can't mention it, so never mind. But I do really, really 
uh, like James Dean. And I think James Dean was an incredible, incredible actor, of course, sadly died way, way too young and did hardly any work before he died. Um, but he was just very captivating on screen. And so that's why that one was interest stuck out to me when I was researching it. Cause I had heard that legend, but I had never really thought of it as an urban legend. I just thought of it as like, just like, you know, a myth thing, but it's interesting to put it into this. And, you know, like when, um, Sasha was talking about the 27 club and all of that too, because that's something I've heard a lot of. And, you know, when I was really young, when I was like a preteen mainly and stuff, I really loved the doors. Like when we were growing up, uh, in the eighties and some of the nineties too, the sixties were really big for us. Like we were really, at least for me and my friends, like anything in the sixties was a huge thing. So that's why any of these legends around um, performers that died around that time were really interesting too. And then another one, and this one is always kind of really gross, but <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway, but it's the one with the hand licking. I don't know if everyone's familiar with that, where you with the closet and the dog in the closet. So warning, this involves death of an animal, but this is... So I apologize. I know I'm like, should I mention this? Because my panelists, you can, you can not listen for a couple of minutes. I just thought you would have heard this one. <laughs> I'm giving a warning. Okay. Well, it is this one where someone, there they go, this woman, it's a woman again. She's alone. She's lying in her bed and she reaches a hand down and she, because that's what she does before she goes to bed. She puts her hand down and her dog who will be under the bed licks her hand. And so she feels that licking and then goes about some things. And I can't remember now because I was trying to find this one. For some reason, I could not find this online. I probably just missed it. And then she finds out later, she goes to the closet, opens the closet up and her dog is there dead. And then, so she goes back and it was a man under her bed who it was a man under her bed who was licking her hand. It wasn't the dog. It was a man under the bed. So, yeah, that's the one. Sorry, Sasha, but I had to say that one because that one sticks with me so much. But be mainly because of the idea of lying. This doesn't involve the dog part, Sasha. But lying in bed, putting your hand down there and feeling someone lick your hand and it's and finding out later it's a man who's licking your hand and just some man lying under the bed licking your hand this is why this is one of the reasons why uh the real reason is that alligators live under there but that's beside the point beds should never be elevated they should always be on the floor or if you have to have a bed that's elevated you need to have storage boxes under it interesting yeah, because bad things are under the bed. Never, ne ne yeah, you don't you don't leave your hand hanging off the bed. You don't leave your foot hanging off the bed because bad things happen. No. Well, you know what's funny around that is that when I was really young, um, my grandparents, um, before they divorced, and they they had a dog Samba who was like a um, I can't I can't believe I can't, an Irish setter. And really smart dog. And the dog was getting older. And we were watching the dog for a while when I was really little. And it got stuck under the bed. It was fine. But it got stuck under the bed. And it was making these noises. And so because I had heard this story and heard these other things, I like leapt out of bed really carefully, 
ran to my mom and I'm like, mom, there's a monster under my bed. And it was, it was Samba. Samba was the name of the dog. So yeah. So yeah. So anyways, that goes to, to that legend a little bit <laughs> in a way. Um, but the one I want, the other one I want to talk about, that's one of my favorites just because I, I wrote a screenplay about it. I won an award at the, it was at that time it was called the women in, Hor- in horror film festival. And uh, the title of my screenplay was Baby Blue, but the full name of this urban legend is Blue Baby Blue, and I'm not going to say the name anymore. But this is an urban legend that's very close to the BM one, which sounds horrible when I say BM, but you know, that one. But it's about a, a game that kids would play in the bathroom, and again, another one in the bathroom. And if you perform the ritual, you have to say the name an evil ghostly infant will appear in your arms. And um, it's related to, like I said, the BM one. And to play it, you have to go into the bathroom on your own, turn off the lights, lock the door. Then you stare into the mirror, hold out your, hold out your arms like you're rocking, rocking a baby. And you repeat those words, baby blue, blue baby, 13 times without a mistake. And if you do it right, you will suddenly feel the weight of an invisible baby in your arms. The baby will get heavier and heavier as it grows larger and larger, and you will feel it scratching your arms. Before it gets too heavy, you have to quickly take the invisible baby, this is, <laughs> flush it down the toilet, <laughs> and run out of the bathroom. If you don't do it fast enough, a hideous woman will appear in the mirror and she will yell, give me back my baby, and scream loud enough to break the glass. And if you are still holding the baby, she will kill you. So some people believe the woman is BM and she murdered her own child when she shattered a mirror and used a piece of broken glass to stab him to death. So that's kind of where this arrives from. And the reason I wrote a screenplay on this is that I I was looking for something to adapt into a short story. And when you, the thing with urban legends, the nice part about urban legends, when you're a writer or if you're looking to do a film or something like that, and you're looking for an idea to kind of just do, to shoot off from, you can do these because these are in the public domain, if you didn't know that. So you can do them without having to worry about trying to get permission or to buy the rights or anything like that. So yeah, so I, I love that story. When I was writing that that short story, the short screenplay, I will say it was very weird because I had to look up for certain parts in my story because my story opens with people playing, with kids playing this game, teenagers, and then it goes into a story about a woman and, um, you know, having a baby and all this stuff. And I'm not going to spoil, spoil it in case anything ever happens with it because uh, there's a big twist in the end. When I was writing it, I had to look up like mummified babies. I had to look up all this stuff. And it was creepy as hell writing this. And where I lived at the time, I my bed was positioned where my bathroom was connected to the bedroom. And the mirror above my sink was so huge. It was so long. So anywhere I was in that bed, if I was facing a certain way, I could see that mirror or a part of it. So I would have to sleep on a different side because I was, re- watch, I was, <laughs> my panelists are shaking their head because I was so deep into this story 
that I just kept thinking about that. And I remember one time I walked out of my bedroom, walked into the living room, and my purse had been sitting on the couch. And I walked out and I instantly thought it was a head. (laughs) I screamed because I was so in this mind of, you know, murder and death and all of this stuff that I was writing in there. So for me, that's what's so funny is writing horror, even though I love this genre, it can really, at least for me, I know I've talked to people who write horror and they're able to separate themselves from it. But for me, there were times when it was really disturbing and I would be scaring myself. I'm not saying that as a way to like be like, woo, I'm an amazing writer. But just, I was just, it, it just scared me having to do all this research. And then I was also like, if anybody was to look up my Google search history right now. <laughs> That's what I was going to say is like, I'm not a serial killer. I'm a writer. Yeah. <laughs> like you needed that sticker. And by the way, tomorrow, I guarantee you, our group chat, you're all going to get a, well, thanks for the nightmares, bitches. <laughs> Ew, I had forgotten about the baby one, too, until you mentioned it. And uh, yeah, that was one we did, too. And there is just something inherently creepy about being in a dark bathroom and seeing the yes. shadows in the mirrors and being in another room and seeing, yeah, ooh, no, I'd be like, close the door, put something. Just no. Because <laughs> dark bathrooms are scary. Oh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like the a hundred percent are there's also that like phenomenon that happens when you're in a dark bathroom with low lighting where eventually your own face, because of the low lighting, starts to look very sinister even to yourself, which I feel also lends itself to the different urban legends surrounding mirrors as well. Where it's like, oh, you have an evil doppelganger on the other side, or oh, there's sinister forces behind because yes. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think that's very true. I think it's it's always interesting to me when mirrors are mirrors are used a lot in um any in horror especially, but in a lot of art forms where you do have people looking in the mirror or you'll have scenes of people just studying their reflection because there is something about that where you know, it's I think sometimes it's almost like you have a image of yourself in your head. And sometimes it can look different when you're looking in the mirror kind of thing, if that makes sense. But yeah, it is It is always very cute. Well, see, it's funny that you say that, Paula, because I had never heard of this one. I found it when I was searching for stuff. I was searching for an urban legend to adapt. And I was like, I want to do one that isn't very popular or not a lot of people have heard of. And I found this one and I'm like, oh, that's creepy as hell. And I was like, I can design a story around that. And I had never heard of it though. I I was like, I was not familiar with it. And I think it's interesting that it's one where you say a lot of times. You don't just say it like a few times. Like a lot of these are a few times. This is more like repeat, 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 repeat. And there are, of course, variations on this one as well, too, but uh where they are, where it is less time and where it is more the woman and not as much the baby and all this kind of stuff, too. But yeah. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Well, lastly, what I want to know, Paula, is there an urban legend, though, that you are convinced, like no one can tell you otherwise, that it is real? I think Loch Ness Monster is real. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like I said, with like Bigfoot and stuff, there there have been so many times where they're like, oh, no, this creature doesn't really exist. It's just, you know, stories and whatnot. And then they find it and it's real. <laughs> so I'm telling you, Loch Ness Monster is real. It's just hiding. It's a little shy. You just haven't found it yet. <laughs> you know, it's really good at playing hide and, si- hide and seek. You know, if I remember right, that particular lock opens to other areas and they just, you know, they're just not looking hard enough. Nessie's real. (laughs) I love that. And Sasha nodded. So sorry. Go ahead. Well, I just and maybe it's just my, you know, side that just likes the idea of there are still things out there that we haven't discovered yet. And, you know, so all those cryptid type urban legends, like, well, you know, they could be. We just haven't found them yet. Yeah. So I know, Sasha, you believe that's real, but do you have another one that you believe? Nope. I literally wrote down cryptids as legends. Nope. They're real. (laughs) Because I, too, think there are so many things that we don't know that have existed or, like, we're constantly discovering new things. I mean... How many new frogs did they discover like three years ago? All of a sudden in the Amazon, it's like three brand new frogs we've discovered. Who's to say that Nessie's not out there? Who's to say that Bigfoot's not out there? Or something similar? Like the ocean? Are you kidding me? How many giant kraken things are in the ocean? Give me a break. Cryptids. Cryptids. (laughs) You cannot convince me otherwise. I won't hear it. No further comments will be taken. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, they've they've finally said that there are UFOs and stuff and that, the, you know, with all that coming out, which, I mean, uh, for us to say there's no other life out there is pretty ridiculous because there's no way, in my opinion, that there can't be the other life out there. So, yeah. So, hey, I will just go along with Paula and Sasha. And then I don't know if Susie... Susie, you're you're a crafting cryptid, so so yes. <laughs> Odd appearance. Wah, I have emerged from my cave to. You didn't see me. That's why there's almost no pictures of me online because I got to keep the myth alive. <laughs> <laughs> there are more pictures of Bigfoot than there are of me. Ah, <laughs> this is my joke. <laughs> But the okay, so this is way out of left field from all the stuff that I've been talking about this whole episode. But I a thousand percent believe that the back rooms are real. And for those that are not familiar, the back rooms are very similar 
to sort of like liminal spaces, which is spaces that are kind of like abandoned or they kind of give off like eerie vibes or, you know, just kind of uneasy. And it can be anything as simple as like an abandoned playground or, you know, like hotel hallways, how they seem endless and just off because everything looks the same. So the back rooms is reportedly kind of like this area of reality that you can kind of access accidentally and be, it's kind of similar to like an abandoned mall, you know, how you go inside and there's just the pillars and the eerie quietness. And I find that very comforting, but I believe that they are real. And, you know, I'm not, if any liminal spaces or back rooms are listening and would like to invite me to come explore their space a bit, that would be cool. I wouldn't be mad necessarily. <laughs> but a thousand percent believe back rooms are real because we've all been in spaces where we think this is odd that it feels familiar. Why? Back rooms. Interesting. Hmm. That one I'm going to be thinking about a lot. So, <laughs> especially when you do the bathrooms. <laughs> well, this is what I just heard about today, and I'm just saying it's real because it proves my theory that bunnies are evil. So there is <laughs> there is an urban legend called the Bunny Man which I guess originated from two incidents in Fairfax County, Virginia in 1970, but it's been spread out through Washington, D.C. and the Maryland areas, and it has many variations, but most involve a man wearing a rabbit costume who attacks people with an axe or a hatchet. And yes, I know this is a man in a costume, but that does not mean that maybe it's not a man. Maybe it is a cryptid and it is a huge giant bunny because bunnies are evil. And I will always, always say this is true. And one day people will learn this. You know, I hope you don't learn it the hard way, but one way you one day you will learn bunnies are evil. This is bunnies are like I I want to go dive with sharks. I want to go swim with sharks. I love sharks. I have had a snake, I've had a tarantula, I've had a lizard as pets. I will never have them again because I don't I don't think wild animals should be in captivity, but that's another thing. Um but I've had those. I, you know, my snake, the last one that I had, his name was Fred, and um I had him as a baby. He was a ball python, and when he was a baby, he could fit in the palm of my hand. I used to hold him in there. And then he grew to the size where he was at the size of eating rats, but then his food attacked him and then he was afraid to eat. So like I had to take him to the vet, I had to give him shots, I had to clean his wound, all this stuff. And yeah, he was, a, he was a really, a, he was afraid of his food. You know, it's a very weird thing. Anyway, I know that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but I'm just saying like I can sit there, I can give a snake a shot. I can, I'm not afraid of snakes, not afraid of that, but bunnies terrify me. And I think it's because a bunny has so many natural predators in the wild, you know, that I think it, they are like just waiting for the day where they can turn the tables and become the predator and the, their prey is going to be man because 
human beings are looking at them like they are not a threat. But if you look into the beady eyes of a bunny, you will see a person with an axe or a hatchet like in this urban legend, Bunny Man. So Bunny Man's name, motives, weapons, victims, description of the bunny costume or lack thereof, and sometimes even his possible death are different versions of this. But, you know, in some accounts, bodies are mutilated, and in some variation, the bunny man's ghost or aging specter is said to come out of his place of death each year on Halloween to commemorate his passing. So this, to me, proves bunnies are evil. The end. No arguments. (laughs) Fergie would agree with me on this. So there you go. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I have learned a lot of new urban legends that I was not aware of before. So thank you so much to Paula, Sasha, and Susie for joining me for this one. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope you had as much fun as I did. So thank you so much. So we're going to go ahead and close this one out. And I'm going to go around and have my lovely panelists tell me where they can be found. And maybe you can share some urban legends with them. So, Paula, tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me at It's My Sandbox on pretty much all the socials, Twitter till it finally implodes, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Hive Social Threads, Blue Sky. I know I'm on a lot of them because I don't know where I'm going to settle when the eventual imploding happens. I'm also on Twitch at my gamertag, Artemis75. That's A-R-T-E-M-I-S-Z-75. And don't forget the Discord. We are all on there. You can creep us out with your your urban legends. <laughs> Tell us some more. Thank you. Thank you. Paula, once again, Paula is the only one that remembers we have a Discord channel as far as sharing it. But I share it every, every episode. It is in the show notes. I just always forget it, which you would think I wouldn't because I share it in the show notes every week. So if you're trying to find that link, go to the show notes. You, we also have a Christian Effing Bale, who's, of course, our unofficial mascot. We have a special channel in there devoted to that man. Um, and then, you know, maybe we should we should do different you know, if we start getting more activity, we'll do different different channels on there. But you can come and you can interact with some of your favorite panelists and interact with each other in a very, very kind way. Um, you know, no fighting, no fi- fandom fighting will be allowed. You can have debates, but they'd have to be very healthy debates. But thank you again, Paula, for always remembering what I forget there. So thank you. So Sasha, where can they find you? You can find me on the Instagram at vegan geek chick. And as always, you can find my goofy dog linked in my bio. Awesome. Thank you. And Susie, where can I find you? Yes, I can be found on the grams at the underscore crafting underscore cryptid. And in my bio, I have linked my cryptid and chaos, my fellow menace, Benny. And you can find his Instagram there at Benny underscore Pelusita. And we've actually we've actually put pictures up there. Ah! I know. Last time was like, <laughs> oh, you're uncle, baby. We're not going to die. It's fine. But we're putting stuff on there now. Go check him out. He's very fluffy. He is very fluffy. So cute. So cute. 
And remember, you want to follow, for another dog, another cute dog, you want to follow Fergie. This is her favorite time of year. She loves horror movies. You know, she just loves them, loves them, loves them a little bit too much. It's kind of creepy how much she loves them. Um, but, you know, because you never know what she's planning in that little head of hers. Uh, but go check her out on TikTok. She's got some cute TikToks up there. I just recently posted one with a skeleton dancing. I don't know. And the skeleton's dancing to Kiss by Prince. And it's really cute and adorable. And her, she is looking at me the whole time this is recording. She doesn't, of course, know there's a skeleton there. But you would think she did by the look she is giving me. Like, can you please just stop recording me? What is your issue? It is really funny and amusing, I think. So go check that out. Her TikTok handle is at Schroeder and Fergs. That's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. It's long, but it is worth it. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. Uh, I'm trying to get better about posting stuff on TikTok. I'm trying to do more of those. I'm hoping to do some before I leave because I'm going to be gone soon. Um, and I'll make a note about Certain things that that'll change soon, just so that I can give everybody a heads up as much advance notice on that as possible. But um, anyway, so check us out there at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, please feel free to reach out to us via our website. It's a fandomthingpod.com. Click the contact us button there. That'll shoot me an email and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And while you're there, consider becoming a Patreon supporter today for as little as three bucks a month. And you also get a seven-day free trial at that level, so you have nothing to lose. But you get great bonus content. You get ad-free episodes. So if you're hearing ads, you will not hear them over there. And pretty soon, we are going to have our second annual Fandom Choice Awards. And so if you want to have a say in the nominees for some of the categories, some categories will just automatically already have the nominees because there aren't more than, you know, four there or four or five. But if you want to have a say, if you want to make sure that Paula, Sasha, and Susie, who, who they, they, they've all been previous nominees, Paula and Susie were nominated last year for favorite panelist. But if you want to make sure that Sasha is also nominated and you want to make sure everyone is nominated, every, every, not everyone, because only five people can be nominated. Did I say four or five or four? I, I can't remember what. No, it's five. And so if you want to make sure that they get nominated for favorite panelist, you want to head on over to the page, the support us page on our website. It's a phantomthinkpod.com or the link in the show notes so you can have a say in that. And also, and this is an independent movie. It was not released by any member of AMPTP. We are going to be releasing a special bonus episode to celebrate October to celebrate Horror Month. We're looking at the movie The Invitation, not the vampire one, 2015 one, not the vampire one. Stressing that again, because every time I mention this movie, people say, oh, the vampire one? No, this is the cult one. This is about a cult. So you can watch that places. I will not mention where, um, but Check that out, and then if you become a Patreon supporter, you can hear Carla and I talk about and spoil the movie, so you do want to watch it first. You definitely want to watch it first before you listen to any spoilers about it because of the end. Um, and then speaking of that movie, I'm going to quickly plug 
the podcast that I recently started with my podcast brain twin, Jen, from my streaming bubble. We started a podcast called Twin It to Win It, where we are testing our podcast brain twinningness. Yes, that is a word now, not actually twins. We always put that caveat there. Um, And we released our first episode. We're releasing episodes once a month because we can't handle any more than that. And we just released, we're only covering independent movies right now. And we just released one talking about the 2014 found footage film, Creep. And then in November, the first Tuesday of the month is when we release episodes. In November, we are also going to be talking about The Invitation. And on this podcast, we put our twinningness to to test to see if we can guess how the other one feels about a movie. And it could be a movie that I've seen Jen hasn't and vice versa, or one that we've both seen, like in the case of Creep, with The Invitation, that's one I've seen and Jen hasn't. And so we guess how the other one feels. So that's why I'm not going to tell you how I feel about The Invitation so that I don't spoil her. Um, And then we also guess like what we would rate it. And if we both get it right, we're twinning it. And if we don't, then we're losers. (laughs) Or one of us is a loser. (laughs) But check that out. That's on almost all major podcast platforms as well. So check out the new podcast. And uh, next week, we are wrapping up Horror Month uh, with a look at some of our favorite haunted place stories and stuff about stuff about you know actual haunted places and it's just going to be tiff and i talking about that so that'll be a lot of fun and then just as a heads up because of my upcoming trip to ireland the week after that we're going to have uh, a bloopers episode on friday so and patreon subscribers already got a sneak peek of this months ago Um, but now there are tons more since then, and it's going to be a pretty long bloopers episode, I think. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. And then to let everybody know the week after that. So the first week of November, basically there are no episodes. There will be no episodes because I won't be able to have any. So there will be one week of no episodes, but you can just catch up on our past ones. So thank you again. So until next time. It's a fan. Remember, it's a phantom thing. Black lives matter and stop Asian hate. What is it with me not remembering? <laughs> Until next time, remember, it's phantom. I don't, I, for some reason, I cannot remember. I close that. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.